Tailgater Sports. Yep, that is correct. You heard it. Another episode, or I guess just the second episode of Tailgater Sports. Uh, my name is Eric. You've heard me on a podcast with Menace, What's New Pod with Menace. You may have heard me mentioned on The Woody Show, but believe it or not, Menace has given us a little leash here, so this is going to be an all-sports episode because there's plenty to talk about. The NFL news cycle has saved us sports fans, so we're going to talk some NFL draft, some Tom Brady Rob Gronkowski to the Buccaneers news. There's plenty to talk about, but before that, let's bring in the other two guys that are going to be here for the ride. Let's bring in Randy. You've uh, heard him on probably 75 different Yo, podcasts. He's on The Woody Show. He's on What's New with Menace. He's on Nerd Now. He's on some that you probably haven't even heard of. How you doing, Randy? I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's been a busy week uh, dealing with the COVID-19 stuff. You know, The Woody Show was shut down, so it's been a weird week. I wouldn't say overly stressful, but we've had to uh, improvise on the fly, I would say. So I know you're right there with us. Um, every morning, so it's been a tough one. But hey, guess what? There's plenty of football to talk about. If you hear dogs in the background, I'm sorry. My house is locked. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know and understand where Randy lives and that the fact that he lives on a farm, basically. So if you hear a parrot or a bird, just move along. It's okay. The next voice you will hear, he is the punchy bag of almost every situation he's in, but we all love him. It is Tyler. It is dumbass Tyler. Tyler Bordop. He goes by many names. How are you doing, Tyler? Hey, guys. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? <laughs> yep, Tyler is awake and happy, guys. This is being recorded at 3 <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. Afternoon. It sounds like Tyler just rolled over for the first time today. <laughs> I am good. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. <laughs> right. And that was after I coached him through three different takes. All right, guys. So let's get right into it. Like I said, wall to wall football. But before we get underway, do you guys want to go in on it with me? I'm, I'm thinking about sending a thank you gift basket or writing a card to Tom Brady. I know me yeah. being a Bills fan, it's kind of weird to say that. But what we've been talking about right now for the last two months, you know, with the NBA shutting down their season, the NHL shutting down their season, the MLB not even starting their season. What would we have done without the NFL and Tom Brady, I guess, for, for in many ways, throughout the last couple you know, months? What would we have done without it? Even with sports the wayside and a worldwide, worldwide pandemic going on, Tom Brady somehow seemed uh, to once again captivate the entire sports world to just focus on him and talk about him. So kudos to him. He, he, You know how like every sport has that one athlete that everyone talks about? For basketball, it's LeBron. For baseball, it's, you know, Aaron Judge, and then for Mike Trout, and then for football, it's always Tom Brady. So whatever he does, people are all over it. So thank you. As much as I don't want to thank you because you were a Pats player, thank you. Yeah, you guys can send him that gift basket. He broke my heart. I mean, you I already you already presented him a gift basket, and that's what? Playing you guys twice a year? Yeah, you, you, you're adding him two wins as a thank you each year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's in my division. We have They have better New Jerseys than I do. It's I, I can't win. And now I have to face this dude along with Drew Brees twice, twice a year. Speaking of jerseys, I mean, not to go too much into detail, mm-hmm. especially with all these new things coming out, but I, I just want to know, Tyler. As a, as a Falcons fan, when do you think sports teams are just going to give up on the whole gradient thing? It didn't work with the Jags with the helmets. It never looks professional. It, I, I just don't know. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Even for me as a massive Falcons fan, there were six new jersey releases from NFL teams this year, and ours is the worst one. <laughs> and that one jersey you're talking about, the alternative where it starts out red and then it fades into black, it's absolutely hideous. It looks like ketchup collided with charcoal. I don't know what I'm staring at. It's it's <laughs> ugly. It's ugly. And then there's the giant ATL on the front. Like, this is high school. It's, oh, my God. But you know what? I'm going to rep my team, and it's a bit of a step up from the red jerseys that they've had recently, yeah. which were a clash. So I, I will... 
I will buy one hesitantly eventually. Uh, I will buy one, but I, I just feel like I just feel like in the past few years, every jersey that's been released and that tep- typically tends to generate really good reaction, it's simplicity. You know, think about it. The Bucks before they had these jerseys and they unveiled the ones they were wearing for the past couple seasons, nobody liked them. They clowned all over them. But then every team that released something simple, something nice, something clean, they, they loved it. Like you look at the Browns. Even the Browns, the, their last jersey, their last kits, atrocious. And there wasn't even that big of a thing. It's just they try to modernize it. They, everyone tried to beat the Seahawks. Those like weird looking colors and stuff. And every single time it just falls flat. Keep it simple. So before we fell down into our little uh, jersey design class here in our NFC South hole, yes, we're talking the yeah. NFC South and Tyler's Atlanta Falcons because, sure enough, Tom Brady did decide to leave the New England Patriots during this offseason. He was very ominous throughout it. He had a couple weird Instagram posts, you know, the darkness, him walking out or walking into Gillette Stadium. He kept the news cycle running for a very long time when there's literally nothing to talk about. Ultimately capped off by him deciding to leave New England and go and play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big move, Tom Brady, best ever. Already just a meaty story, right? Well, fast forward to, you know, not too long ago, all of a sudden, and it was a story that moved pretty quickly, guys. I mean, we were texting throughout the time of it unveiling, and it seemed like all of a sudden Gronk was tied to the Buccaneers, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's getting a physical for the Buccaneers, and then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, the physical's done, he's going to Tampa Bay, he's reunited with Tom Brady, and all of a sudden, guess what, guys? They're a sexy pick now. People are all talking, oh, this this vaults them into a Super Bowl contender. Um, I just want to get it straightforward, you guys. Let's see knee-jerk reaction here. Do you think it's good enough for them to not only get out of this, the NFC South, because I'm assuming they're probably winning the division if people are calling them a contender like that. Do you think they win the South? Do you think they have a shot at coming out of the NFC to play somebody out of the AFC? Uh, I, well, I think, if anything, if you're an AFC East uh, fan or one of your teams is in that division, you got to be feeling good. And the only team that I think should be feeling good right now is the Buffalo Bills. Yep. They've been drafting good. They've been signing good. I think definitely an up-and-coming team. Brady probably wanted, a, you know, not only a change of scenery, the coach looked more enticing, so I think he decided to pack up his stuff and head the, to the beach. But what's funny is you bring up Gronkowski. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. There was a video of, uh, for, I forgot what, I think it was last year. Remember that? Remember when that picture of Gronk was circulating with him in the turtleneck? Yes, yes, I do. So he was there for uh, Fox for Fox Sports for an, uh, for on NFL Sunday, and he told them a story, apparently, the the Pats had plans to ship him off to Detroit to go play for the Lions. And he told the Lions, if you guys trade me, I'm just going to retire. I can't go play in Detroit if you reti- if I retire. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if I'm not playing anymore, you can't make the trade. And so I think as far as Gronk goes, I think maybe it, all along his plan on retirement was just because he, he felt like his time in New England was up. You got to think, too, he had a little bit of an injury problem towards the end. Of, he's yeah. never really been a, you know, a durable guy. He's a big guy, plays rough. And... I know he was, you know, with WWE, and I know Tyler's itching to get his WWE talking. You'll get your moment because you got to remember, Gronkowski now has a WWE belt that he won at WrestleMania. Okay, so um, there's yeah. that whole thing, and I know Tyler's itching to get it in, but guys, Gronk hasn't played in a while. He's a little older. He has a history of injuries. I'm not going to say he can't, but I'm going to say it's kind of hard to just jump right back into NFL, let alone with his style of play. He's a big guy. You want to go over the top to him. So I just don't know exactly how, you know, you got two old, you got two guys in the back halves of their careers. One maybe closer to the other, and one coming out of retirement. You know, so I'm just not sure why yeah. people are buying in so heavily all of a sudden when they're in a division with Drew Brees, with Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Albeit, you know, they do choke from time to time, but you know, it's not a buster division. 
You got to go to the Superdome yeah. and play. You got to go to the ATL and play. You got to go to Carolina and play. Like it's not just gonna give me a uh, give me division. You know, like he was in the AFC East for so long. Right. All right, Tyler. Let's hear it. I know. I I can hear you. I can hear the wheels turning from the side of the mic. Give me your Rob Gronkowski breakdown. Give me the NFC South ripple effect. This is your ballpark. There's a WWE tangent in here. This is as juicy a Tyler Berger as I'm ever going to line up for you. Okay, so the WWE tangent is pretty much this. Um, Now, some people were speculating maybe he's not in football shape. I'm going to argue and say that he's actually been in football shape this whole time. He did host WrestleMania. They are in quarantine, yes, but you got to imagine – all those wrestlers are still working out, and if you're Gronk and you have, you know, you're trying to get back into football shape, you might as well work out with a bunch of the wrestlers. So I think he's more in shape than we already think he is. Mm-hmm. I think maybe also maybe by hosting WrestleMania that weekend, he got a small taste of what WWE was like. Maybe he didn't like it that much because by that time Brady was already in Tampa Bay. I don't know if maybe he was trying to work out something behind the scenes or not. So, I mean, that's that's as far as the WWE thing goes. Oh, and yeah. don't forget, he is the 24-7 champion of WWE, and WWE did put out a tweet saying, per the rules of the 24-7 title, Gronk must defend his championship at all times in any location. He could be celebrating a touchdown pass from Brady anytime, anywhere. I would pay legit money for the game to be on prime time. Gronk catches a touchdown pass, and a random wrestler just jumps from the stands pins him in the end zone, holds up the title, and just runs away. I, I, I would I was, pay to see that. I remember looking and seeing that tweet and thinking to myself, if the WWE ever wanted to have a professional athlete be up to doing these sorts of things, Rob Gronkowski's the guy. Like, if, if there is ever so, like a, a dream scenario, NFL player catches a touchdown, has to fight off an opponent from the WWE to defend his belt. If there was ever an athlete who would be okay with that and willing to do that, it's Rob Gronkowski. And we're not actually playing out the scenario like we're, we're, it could happen, right, guys? We're all we're not we're seeing through this, right? The the string me along kind yeah. of aspect. Of WWE. Okay, I'm just making sure because but you remember though he did fight at a WrestleMania in Houston. I want to say I think it was the NRG one when he originally made his first WWE appearance. Right. Oh, that's right. Remember yeah. he he wrestled. Uh, I forget who it was. He came out uh, mid match. They were doing some kind of battle royal. And he knocked out Jinder Mahal. I do remember watching that okay. live. And I remember watching it because the referee or the security person on the side had no idea that he was actually involved in the match and was yelling at him to get back and to that, his seat. That was the birth of a lot of the uh, weird, like, he's retiring, he's not fully committed to the NFL. If you remember that season, and I think that was yeah. the season they beat the Falcons. Not to dig at, not to dig at Tyler. Okay, here's a question, though. Here's a, here's a theoretical question. Let's just say the pandemic isn't going on and the stands are packed. The WWE has live audiences. Do you think he stays in the WWE? Do you feel like it, regardless of whether Brady ships out somewhere else? I think he might, if it was full fledged WWE WrestleMania, I think he might have because he probably sees this as a, you know what? It's not going off right now. I could go play, maybe play football for season two and then fall back into the WWE because they're obviously not writing him off. You know, they sent out that tweet, so they're obviously, if they were going to write him off, they'd say, okay, whatever, he's gone. But he has a belt, so you can't just, I mean, I guess you can. I don't know entirely the rules of WWE, but they're not writing him off. They're saying, oh, look, there's still the lore. Yeah. You know, obviously, I'm sure the Buccaneers aren't going to want him wrestling every every couple months with oh, the yeah. WWE once he's under contract. But So I'm, I wouldn't say Gronk's time with the WWE is done. For sure, but um, I, it's he's, he's back in the football field, yeah. guys. Um, whether or not he's... Useful because you got to remember too the Buccaneers have OJ Howard who's a stud. They have um, mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Brait 
you know, so like they're they it's not like he's going to go in and just be the guy, you know, right away, which could mm-hmm. help. You know, they got a good surrounding mm-hmm. cast. Mike Evans, uh, they got Godwin. These aren't bum teams. So I I, I get why I, I feel I get a very Cleveland Brownsy feel, you know, when everybody just kind of handed them yeah. the AFC North when Baker Mayfield and company kind of started taking over and OBJ came into town. Jarvis Landry, there are a lot of good names on paper. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to play on the football field. One of the indicators that, that really stood out to me, though, in, in regards to how confident I think Tampa Bay is in him is the fact that they only they were only willing to part with the fourth round pick. You know, it's like if, if, if you have someone with Rob Gronkowski with that name on it, like that name is synonymous with dominance, a good receiver, a good one. Sorry, a good tight end. And I mean, obviously he has his injuries. We all know that. But the fact of the matter is that. Like you said, Tampa Bay already has guys. It's not like they were they were depleted and they had nobody in that position. OJ Howard is a stud, man. He's a good player. But the fact of the matter is they were only one to part with the fourth round. Yeah, you know, that probably comes to like his trade demands. He was probably like, I'm either yeah. going to Tampa with Tom or I'm staying in New England. You could look at it either way. So you could either look at it as Tampa looking at the Pats, knowing that Gronk only wants to go one place. And they're like, here, check it out, man. We'll give you a fourth. And that's it. But at the same time, they're like, look, we're only willing to give you a fourth. Nothing more. If you want our other stuff, obviously you don't want it. You want the best we can give you. And the best we can give you for Gronk is a fourth round pick. All right. So, guys, I don't know if you know this. You might. You might not have just connected the dots yet. But the Super Bowl, it will be played in Tampa Bay this year. Shocking. There's just so much, so many different layers to this whole Tom Brady thing. I mean, he's gone only going from, you know, a Bill Belichick defense or a Bill Belichick kind of mindset, you know, defense first football. Now he's playing with Bruce Arians, an offensive minded guy. He's got a lot of weapons that you might not say. I mean, are you going to say Mike Evans isn't as good, if not better than, you know, a Julian Edelman, stuff like that. Right. So there's just so many different. He's not going to be playing in the snow anymore. He's playing nice weather in Florida. Is that going to take wins away from him late in the year, you know? Or is that going to only make him play better? Because, hey, it's not going to be 32 and, uh, you know, misty uh, on a Thursday night in New England. It's going to be 85 and sunny for 75% of your season. It's definitely going to be new for him, though, because if you think about it, he's from the Bay Area. He played his college ball in Michigan, which is also cold, and mm-hmm. then he also played in New England. So how the uh, how the warmer climate is going to affect him, it's either going to be really working his favor because finally he's out of the cold, no, no more freezing, or it might be detrimental to him because he's so used to playing in those kinds of conditions. You know what yeah. I mean? I think he'll be just fine. You think he'll be just fine? And, 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 you know, Eric brought a really good point about bringing the, up the comparison that obviously it's inevitable. People are going to relate or people are going to compare both the Bucks to the uh, to the Browns. But I think the, the one key thing that everyone's missing out here is that, number one, Brady is an experienced quarterback. He knows what it takes just to a little win. Bit. And he knows what it feels like to win. Oh, yeah. And then the coach. Like the number one thing that I felt like the Browns kept had bad for them was they didn't have a coach that people feared or respected. You know what I mean? Freddie Kitchens, he kind of just a lot of people felt like he just got the job. And then mm-hmm. when he got the job, it was like, huh, I didn't think I was going to get this far. And now the entire locker room is just like, look, man, you're a coach, but we don't really like you. Yeah, I think Bruce Still Arians on, you know? and Tom Brady are pulling a little more respect than uh, Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield coming in off the streets, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, but everything feels like it makes sense. You know how, like, some seasons just, uh, when when the season's up, you reflect back and you're like, damn, man, that season really was the perfect season. Think mm-hmm. about it. The Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa Bay. The uh, You got, already got Gronk. You, bring, you, you got the band back together. Mm-hmm. You guys unveiled brand new jerseys, which everybody seems to love. Everything just seems to work well. It just seems to work. It's meshing properly. I don't necessarily fully see the Bucks making the Super Bowl either. And I say that because Tom Brady's been playing in the AFC this entire time. Before last year, before the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, 
for about 15 years in a row, the AFC representative was either Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, or Tom Brady, with the exception of Joe Flacco in 2012. This this time, he's going to be in the NFC. He's going to have to go through... Drew Brees. He's going to have to go through Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have to go through Matt Ryan. He's going to have to go through Russell Wilson. He's going to have to go through Dak Prescott. He's going to have to go through much tougher defenses, much tougher offenses um, for his defense to uh, figure out. I don't necessarily see the Bucks making it through that gauntlet of an NFC uh, playoff run. I, I don't see it happening. I, I bring it, that's a really good point, though. When you look at the the two divisions, I do think that the NFC is significantly more difficult. It's stronger as far as like star caliber goes, as far as more well-established offenses. The defenses are good, but I, I, I do feel like it's also very turbulent. Like, look at the Rams. The Rams were so dominant that year they made it to the, the Super Bowl, and then the following year, everything just went went flat and there weren't even that many significant changes to it. So I really, at this point, I feel like now that things are officially kind of shaken up, it's, it's going to get really interesting because you don't really know where it's going to go. I feel like for a lot of the teams, when you look at them, you kind of associate them with their past. Like it's when you talk to someone about say the Seahawks, it's really hard to bring up the Seahawks without them instantly going to, you know, the Legion of boom. But the fact of the matter is that that was years ago. It's mm-hmm. a brand new season, brand new players moving around. Guys are getting old. It's going to be different. It's going to be new. And also, I'd like to note, I, I do enjoy how Tyler was bringing up the the uh, difficult matchups and, diff- and you know better players in the NFC and mm-hmm. had a sneaking Matt Ryan in there. Yeah, Matt Ryan's a legitimate NFC quarterback. I mean, but I just thought of something, and I cannot believe I completely forgot about this. So, Randy, you mentioned the Rams. Who else is in the Rams division? The 49ers, who were the oh, NFC right. champions that's last right. year. Mm-hmm. Oh, who happens to be the quarterback for the Niners? Jimmy Garoppolo, who is Brady's backup in New England. Jimmy up. If we get not even NFC title matchup, if we get just a playoff matchup between yeah. San Francisco and Tampa Bay, boom, that's money flying everywhere. Ticket sales, money revenue, like it's it's happening. I would pay to see that. Yeah. So, okay, so not, now that we've established the fact that the NFC is going to be much more entertaining and I, I you know, obviously much more difficult. If you guys had a pick right now for the next year, the upcoming year, who the two teams you think would make it to the, the Super Bowl, or at least maybe the, the two teams that would make it in each respective division's championship, what, what would you pick? AFC, I'm going to go with what I predicted last year, and I got it half right. I'm going to go with Baltimore and Kansas City. NFC, I'm going to take New Orleans. I think their time is finally going to come. And I'm actually going to have them face off against Seattle. So we're going to go St. Seahawks for the NFC, and we're going to go Chiefs-Ravens for the AFC. Yeah, I can't, you know, you can obviously can't pull out the Chiefs. You know, they're Super Bowl champions. They haven't got better. Nobody's bolting just yet. So I'm going to go Chiefs and my Bills in the, for the AFC playing for the Super Bowl. And you know what? Let's just be a little spicy here. Let's say Tom Brady makes it and is one of the representatives, and he takes on um, maybe the Packers. Oh, see, now you're scaring Randy. So I had a I had a similar matchup all set up. So I for the NFC, I got to give it to the Packers. I feel like every Packer will always say this is the year, guys. Yeah, it, it could be or it could not be as, as we've seen in the past, what, 10 years to be spicy like Eric. I'm going to say Tampa Bay just because it, it, like I said, it's you not know, outlandish, guys. Just, like they're deep, not. they're deep play decent. They turn the ball over on their own end of the field like. 30 times, like 30, 30 interceptions, guys. You got to think of yeah. how often he threw them out of games and their D held them, you know, intact or kept them in most of those games. I mean, really, all you need is just one or two more weapons or maybe an ali- maybe a lineman, sign somebody new, and you got a pretty, again, you got a solid team. The defense, like you said, not bad. If you draft smart, if you sign smarter, you should be okay. So, I, again, 
I don't think it's outlandish. So uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and then I'm putting also the Bills. I feel like if if Josh Allen can stop throwing the football to the moon, then uh, they have a, they're going to be in really really good shape. The team itself looks really really good, and I just do not see anybody in the AFC East giving them a run for their money. It's like going to help. Jets, it's going to help having Stephon Diggs running at 100 miles an hour underneath oh, yeah. those balls. So. Yeah, oh, he's the only one that can that can run to the moon and catch the ball. But I mean, like the Jets, they're a mess. The Dolphins, I I don't even know what the hell's going on. With the Dolphins, and then uh, the the Pats, the Pats are going to be too much of a mess. Like we don't even know who their quarterbacks could yeah, be. Yeah, it's are, they what, have no business putting, losing this division exactly. this year. They really don't. They're putting all their eggs in in Stidham's basket. That dude from Auburn. Like I mean, he's not bad, but he's going to need more than a year to just get ready and go. You know, and so I, I put uh, the Bills and then Baltimore. Although, uh, you know, a part of me wants to say the Bills, Kansas City, because I, I feel like if anything would happen, I feel the Bills upset Baltimore and make it to the championship. I would die as a sports fan. That would be so nice. Ugh. See, my favorite thing is the the annual tradition of Bills and primetime football, and we get to see all the Bills fans doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, I know, I know we get it. There's every video of somebody crashing a table. We know. That's the Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that I love is I love seeing that video that always circulates every single year of the dude yelling his head off going, Bills, you know what I'm talking about? That Yeah, so that, that's always a fun little video to watch. But, uh, yeah, I, that's those are my picks. This is all obviously hinging on uh, the fact that there's no big splash trades going on in the NFL draft. We are recording this before. We will record something post-draft, you know, maybe react a little bit. But guess what, guys? We're not going to break down X's and O's because guess what? We are not football players. We're not dissecting all 22. Randy, are you um, a, a five-star recruit? I am not a five-star recruit. Hey, Tyler, Tyler, are you, uh, are you a, a starting linebacker, Tyler? Oh, no, I wish mm. I was. I feel like by far amongst all of us, though, the person who probably has the most football fantasy, like fantasies, like day, like daytime fantasies is probably Tyler. I always thought of myself as a, a Mike Allstott, just bowling ball type. Tyler <laughs> Tyler seems like the kind of guy that, you know, when, when he gets Madden and he makes his own player and yeah. he plays a franchise season with that player, he's got like all the arm sleeves, the bands, the dark <laughs> visor. He seems like one of those guys. All right, guys. So I mentioned the draft. The draft is coming up. This, we're recording this before. So we're going to take a quick pivot to the, to the NFL draft, guys. So due to the COVID-19, very much the reason why we are not looking at each other's beautiful faces and why are we recording this from our bedrooms, everything is shut down except for the NFL draft. It was originally scheduled to be this grand thing, shut down the, the Las Vegas Strip, take place on the Bellagio Fountains. The players are going to be taken out via boat to Roger Goodell where the picks were being made um, in front of the nice big Bellagio backdrop. COVID-19 shut everything down, but we still get the NFL draft via online, via internet, via Zoom, FaceTime. I'm not entirely sure what's going to be the overall um, streaming site that they're going to use. But guys, we're going to get the NFL draft. It's going to come from, I'm assuming, 32 different places for 32 different teams. What could go wrong, right? I know this is kind of your guys' realm. I'm not really a streamer. I'm not a video game streamer. I know you both dabble in it. Give me just the tip of the iceberg. When I, when I tell you there are going to be 32 old white dudes on the internet together trying to FaceTime. What what could go wrong? It's insane. Think about it. You you have to understand that these guys are the same age as our parents. Are the same parents that when they can't figure out what's wrong with the Wi-Fi and all you do is unplug it and plug it back in, look at you as if you just discovered fire. Like these are the same people and people often forget that your 76-year-old GM doesn't know how to do this. He doesn't. He's, he doesn't connect with stuff. These teams, IT teams, they have assistant coaches. They have a, an assortment of people that do the jobs for them. And I just, I feel like it's, there's so many things that could go wrong. I just, I, it's hard for me to believe that nothing will go wrong. 
Oh, I can guarantee you that something's going to go wrong. Someone's kid is going to end up being on Xbox or PlayStation or the iPad, taking up the Wi-Fi. The connection's going to slow. Someone or somebody's animal is going to accidentally trip over a cord and Randy. unplug everything. Yeah, something will happen. The, the one thing I'm actually thinking might happen that a lot of people are forgetting is that, okay, these guys aren't used to doing it from the home. They might forget that they're being live on a video camera. How long until we hear the first F-bomb? How long until we hear the first swear word or something like that? I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Right. Like I heard about the Seahawks GM busting through his walls. I heard one guy's going to do it from his Winnebago in his driveway. I heard that the one of the guys from the Bears got mad at his wife for accidentally unplugging the stuff so she could vacuum. It's it's going to be insane. It's going to be a glorious uh, S show. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. But, you know, it'll be uh, it'll make for some amazing TV. My, my thing, too, is think about it. These guys have next-level facilities. It's not like they don't have access to them. There haven't been people in there, you know? And, and it's almost like what's the difference between having an entire team of IT people, sound people, video people come into your house, touch all your stuff, setting things up, then just go into a facility where you already have everything ready. You know what I mean? So a, a part of me is like, I get it, but then also the novelty behind it kind of just, it, it feels like it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, you know what I, I, mean? I feel like some guys were, or some teams were set up to succeed and some definitely weren't because, right. you know, like, I mean, like life right now, this COVID-19 stuff has shut everything down. So not every place has, you know, a, a team HQ where they can go and establish their war room, mm -hmm. which is raising the points why some, you know, GMs or owners are having to do these kind of overhauls to make their place, you know, draft capable. Um they did do like a run through, a test run through a couple days before the draft. Um, and sure enough, you know, they had the the everybody left their mic on, you know, the new uh, reply all problem that everybody's having in this new COVID-19 thing is, you know, people not muting their, their mic during the conference call. So apparently at one point they just had way too much background noise because they couldn't figure out who was unmuted and who was muted. They did have the communication um, or the internet connection problems that you would assume that's going to happen. So I did read that I think they're going to be a little more laxed on the clock. But that was my thing when I brought it up to Randy at first is this is supposed to be so live and reactionary. You know, oh, somebody sneaks in a trade right before the, the bell, right before so-and-so's on the clock. And, you know, they move up. And a lot of this is supposed to be kind of like ripple effect stuff. Somebody moves up quick last second to swoop a player and it kind of sends like a ripple effect down and, you know, messes up everybody's board. I think it's going to it's going to lose that apparently. You know, obviously you don't have everybody kind of in one hub, you know, where you got GMs mingling. Yeah. And that's that's what I like a lot. I like the, the, the player, the Daniel Jones from Duke randomly getting traded up or randomly getting selected and then the vibration you see down the draft board you know you kind of see a lot of reactionary stuff that's not going to be there i'm going to tune in because it's football first of all and i'm going to tune in in a little bit because of the car wreck and aspect of it i want to see what's going to go wrong guys espn just broadcasted that ish show of a horse tournament that looked like it was on camera phones and webcams <laughs> from 1990 and that was pre-produced and it still looked like crap imagine yeah. this being somewhat live or as close to live as you could imagine mm -hmm. And when ESPN couldn't even figure out how to do it on a pre-produced show with this live cam kind of feel Zoom call kind of stuff going on. Like, imagine when you want it to do as live as possible with reactionary kind of stuff like that. I just, it's There's so many things that could go wrong, I feel. And I feel like a, a fun little activity that you can do at home or a fun game that you can do at home is maybe take bets in regard as to who you think is going to be the first person to, to drop the ball. My bet, I think straight out the gate, I think Mike Brown of the Bengals 
is going to uh, utter a curse word in regards to how frustrated he is with all technology. Or uh, Jerry Jones has a sexist remark. So I, I feel like it's it's a fun little game you can do, or you can or try to figure out what it is. But I, because what isn't Mike Brown like eighty five years old? Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to come out of you know some of these older gentlemen's mouths when uh, you know they're they're literally going to make a an organizational altering choice and then their internet connection drops out. Oh yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the one GM that's going to either have a glass of scotch or smoking a cigar while they're drafting. It's going to be glorious. Yeah. But I mean, you can also assume too, and I feel like we've talked about this too off uh off off microphone that you would think that it, to some extent there would be a delay you know like with radio exactly. there's a delay in case of things that happen i feel with this live broadcast quote unquote live broadcast you have to have a delay you know or or like if the connections to janky have someone submit mm-hmm. their pick you know what i mean because the world's not going to know who you're selecting or that i mean they could uh, i mean honestly at this point everyone kind of already has an idea as to what teams are going to who they're going to draft what they need but I feel for the sake of just not making this an absolute cluster F, you would think they might just submit their picks to expedite the process of, okay, here's the video, broadcast that when you guys are ready, as opposed to, and uh, and here's uh, Mike Brown of the Bengals with the, the first pick of the draft. You know, it, at these drafts, you have GMs mingling. You have everybody in one central location, and that's how some of these trades work out, where these guys literally walk over to the other table and talk it out, you know, there's no phone calls. Yeah. On. Again, guys, we're making this off like these guys have rotisserie phones or smoke signals to yeah. communicate. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking as if we've actually been in a war. Yeah, so right. It's, but it's, it's just, it's, it's just our the, idea. there's so much, I'm, I'm, again, it's all going to go off and we're going to be talking about the picks and stuff. It's just going to be so yeah. foreign. And I just think there's such a variable for destruction. Just overall, like what if the whole feed craps out and in the middle of the first round of the NFL draft, we're just black. I know that's a possibility. A lot of things could go wrong. They could easily, the whole thing could get hijacked. It's so weird, man. It's just so much technology. Yeah. And I just always, you know, when I take calls at the radio shows at Fox, it's like, I hate the technology aspect of things. Cause there's so much up to, right. you know, up to not, it's not in your control. Yeah. Or, or very easily just miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Like somebody like, because people are so spread thin, somebody or conversation could get lost in translation. And what is a, a supposed rumor could be disclosed as a quote unquote fact when in reality, mm-hmm. it's not that, you know, cause I feel like if there's ever a draft in which a reported trade would get broadcast as an actual factual trade, <laughs> I feel like this would be the draft and think about how insane that would be. If you are under the impression that, you know, the, the Saints are trading Alvin Kamara for whatever pick and something. And then you're under the impression that, holy crap, the Saints just traded away Alvin Kamara. And then they have to correct them. Like, oh, wait, uh, we're sorry. That was a mistake. He's he's still a Saint. You that was on I mean? my side like, phone from Rappaport. I didn't mean to, to send that out. Oops. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tyler, how, how do you feel about, about this? Like, what are some trades that you would like to see in, in this year's draft? Because I know Tyler mentioned something about that. Yeah, so the report I've heard is that the Falcons are apparently going to be very aggressive and potentially trade into the top five. If that is the case, I want them to trade with the Redskins for the number two pick because I want Chase Young, the defense. <laughs> oh, is that all? <laughs> I, want I know. Him. Do you, do you I want the want stadium him. too? I will give them the King's Ransom because we have been... There's one Okay, hold thing. on real quick. You say, what's your King's Ransom then? Because they're going to want... Uh, they're they're going to want... They're going to want Julio. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to want Julio, man. Okay, okay. Let's let's turn it down. Dude, okay, number two pick? You're trying, you're trying to get the number two cool. pick. You got to understand. They're going to ask for Julio. They're going to ask for Matt, probably. They're gonna they're gonna ask for a bunch of stuff. So they're gonna for sure ask obviously for this year's first round pick. Maybe next year's first round pick. Maybe next year's second rounder as well. I'm not saying trade the entire farm away, but I'm saying we could work something out that's reasonable for both sides. Nothing and on your we'll, end is gonna we'll be see. reasonable. I, I 
just I cannot if you're if I'm the Redskins, I'm gonna tell you give me Julio and a first round or give me Julio and, and next year's first round or Julio this year's third and next year's second and then you can have the pick because I just why would you part with the number two pick like that? Like you're you're talking it's such a wishful thinking if you think you're gonna approach the the Redskins and be like hey Redskins here's this and some scraps I'd like the number two pick please. Like I said, man, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a draft. Like I said, Who knows, dude? I love the unknown fact. Exactly. That's and that's the thing, man. Yeah. I, I, that's the the whole thing I'm trying to get to is this ripple effect of who can trade up into it and the chaos. You know, that's a live reactionary thing where all of a sudden you're on the board and it's like a quick, you know, panic situation. You know, I, just that live quick trade stuff is what geeks me out, and it's just not going to be there for me, man. One of my fondest memories was uh, b- like back when I was really getting into football, like I would watch it and I knew of the draft, but the draft never really, you know, it never really, it, I, I never, I never put much attention to it as I do now. Yeah. And I was at my buddy's house and it was the year that Tyron Smith and uh, JJ Watt were getting drafted and he's a diehard Cowboys fan. Every Cowboys fan uh, that I spoke to, they were like, dude, we're going to get JJ Watt. We need JJ Watt. He is a cowboy. Like when you look at him, he just, he is the, the, the prime example of what a cowboy should be. And then they picked on, they picked up Tyron Smith, man, all the wind in him just got crushed. Like he was just, he was just so, he was so devastated. They didn't pick JJ Watt. Obviously it's, it's kind of worked out for both yeah, parties, yeah. but that's the beauty of the draft. I love thinking that your team is going to go with one person and then last minute, just, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is that? You oh my I mean? God, dude. Are you just saying this just reminded me of something. I didn't even connect. The thing I like also like the one, a one B is the fan reaction. And that's not going to be there. I love the oh, shot to the crowd where there, somebody throws a hat and it's like a, you know, they pant to the crowd and you know for a fact this group of people have never heard this guy's li- a name before in their lives and they're sitting there like, oh yeah, yeah, shaking their head, rubbing their chin. Yeah, that's a good pick. You know, this is the first time they've seen, heard half of these guys' names, but they're sold on either in or out on this guy immediately. My, one of my favorite things is, uh, again, in particular, when a team in your division is picking somebody up and you really hate that team and you really want them to draft the wrong person and then they do, they pick the person that you want them to pick and it's just, it's so, it, it's so awesome. It's pleasurable. Like when the Bears picked up Trubisky, I'm like, oh my God, thank you. It's amazing because it's wishful thinking. You're seeing uh, your opponents pick up players that you, in your mind, are hoping, but a little bit also know they're going to be absolute just garbage and they are, and, it, and later in the season, as you find out. So there's a lot of things that make the draft special, a lot of things that make it great. So I'm looking forward to this year's. But I would be remiss, guys, if we talked NFL draft, and I didn't at least get your, your opinion or get you on one side or the other when it comes to yeah. probably the two, if not you know, outside of Chase Young, like we just talked about, the two most talked about guys in the NFL draft. LSU's Joe Burrow, fresh off a of Heisman, national champion, Q being possibly the best offensive unit we've seen in, in college football ever. Versus Tua Tungavailoa, Alabama, Crimson Tide, Nick Saban. It, you, you don't really got to say much more than that. Who would you pick if you're starting? You know what? That's not even... You're starting a franchise, guys. Your team, who are you picking with your first pick of the NFL draft? Say you're the Bengals, number one pick. You got Joe Burrow on the table. You got Tua Tungavailoa on the table. Who are you putting your chips on? I like I like an old-fashioned, just a good story. And I feel like Tua is poised for a comeback. Don't get me wrong. Burrow's a good player. I think he's NFL ready, but I just feel like as far as player who has a lot to prove, a lot of upside, not really too much of a downside aside from the injuries. I, I get it. Is Tua 
You know what I mean? Like you, you know, you know what I'm saying about like somebody who has all the odds stacked against mm-hmm. him. The expectations aren't crazy, crazy high because people understand what they're getting when they pick him. But uh, that's why I feel like there's not going to be too much pressure on him as opposed to you know Burrow and stuff. So I would pick, uh, I'd pick Tua. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm going to actually pick Joe Burrow, um, mostly because I don't know if I necessarily trust Tua. He has the injury problem, but the thing that plays in my mind more is that Alabama hasn't really put out any good quarterbacks under Nick Saban. You look at some of the guys that came out, mm-hmm. Greg McElroy, he went to the NFL, career backup. A.J. McCarron went to the NFL, career backup. Then you have Jalen Hurts, who Tua replaced in the championship game back, I think, in 2018. And Jalen Hurts didn't do anything that national championship game and got yanked because he was doing so poorly. So my mind... If I had to think about it, he's not going to be another quarterback who's going to do anything in the NFL either. So now it's just Tua. I don't know. I mean, just based on recent history, I'd, I'd got to go Joe Burrow. But I, I feel like when you when you look at the Alabama quarterbacks, Tua is a bit different because, again, looking at his predecessors, those guys, they were never Tua, though. You know, they weren't mobile quarterbacks. They were always sort of like sit in the pocket, sort of jump around dudes. So I, that's why I think Tua has that slight little edge. But I get what you're saying. I'm going to just lay out a couple points that I've heard, you know, people that are for Tua and for Burrow. So Burrow's big knock for what I've heard for most people is that, you know, he put up 60 touchdowns, 60 interceptions this year. Like I said, he quarterbacked an insane offensive unit that when they were humming, which was pretty much all season, they annihilated everybody. You know, they had huge games against Oklahoma. They smacked Clemson in the national title game. You turn it back a calendar year, guys, if we're talking Joe Burrow and the number one pick, somebody probably would have slapped you because... Last year, guys, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, and I think people were saying he wasn't even mentioned for, like, the first round. He was probably a second or third round pick. Right. That's his knock, you know? But in my mind, I've actually kind of flipped here because I was thinking, I was actually listening to you guys talk about this. The NFL nowadays, guys, you know, you don't just draft somebody and you, you, make, them, you make them mold to your system. The NFL now, and you see a lot of, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, they, they, they're being formed, and even Lamar Jackson, you know, former reigning NFL MVP. They get these QBs and nowadays they're they're fo- molding their offense. They're molding their offense to create op- opportunity for their QB. So I'm looking at these two seasons with Burrow and I think almost in a way with how the NFL is now, that's almost not a knock against him. That shows he's coachable in a way. Something obviously changed from 16 and 6 to f- 16 and 5, right? I get it, you know, if if two was healthy, he's probably going number 1 and we're not having this conversation. It's too big of a red flag for me with Tua, you know, his it feels like he's held together with duct tape at this point. I feel I feel like I've seen him carted off the field more than I've seen him throw touchdowns in recent memory for some reason. So before we wrap this up, I would be I would feel like we didn't give it its due if we didn't bring up the Madden cover, guys. So just a day or so ago, the Madden cover boy was released, and it's none other than, we mentioned him just a few moments ago, the reigning NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. First of all, let me get your guys' reaction. How do you, what do you think? Did, was he deserving? Did you, would you rather have seen Julio Jones or your future Falcon Chase Young on the front? Tyler, what do you guys think about Lamar Jackson <laughs> of gracing that? And we can't gloss over the Madden curse here, obviously, too. So what do you guys yeah. think about the new Madden cover boy? I, uh, I, I think that, again, 
every every single well, I mean again, but every year the Madden cover it encompasses a few things, and it's definitely the most electrifying player in football. And I feel like last year was definitely Lamar's year. Obviously, the Ravens didn't execute when they had to, and the Chiefs took the the title. But uh, I feel like as far as a player who really had an awesome year overall, it's well deserving. It, it should go to him. took the league by storm in almost oh, every yeah. asset. He became in many ways the face of the league. I mean, maybe not the face because there's you know there's a hierarchy here. He's got to pay his dues, but. All of a sudden, Lamar Jackson was the guy in fantasy football, yeah. real football, ESPN, NFL, everywhere. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I have no problem with him being the cover athlete for Madden 21. Um, personal preference, I would like to see a defensive player on there a little bit more often. But mm-hmm. if we're going based off last year, he's more than deserving. However, I will say this, the Madden curse. I was just about to say, Tyler definitely strikes me as a Madden curse kind of guy. And yeah. I bet you, just knowing Tyler, he can rattle off plenty that have suffered the Madden curse over the years. Ah, oh, let me let me paint everybody a picture. Oh 2003, little Jesus Tyler Christ. is growing up watching Mike Vick in his living room play for the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Vick happens to be the cover athlete for Madden 2004, the third preseason game. Not even regular season. Like I said, preseason game. This dude takes a sack against the Ravens and breaks his leg out for the season. The Madden curse is real. I could I have a couple examples. Marshall Falk was on the cover in 01, busted his ankle out for six weeks. Sean Alexander, one of the most durable running backs we had seen, was on the cover of Madden 07, busted his ankle, was out for multiple weeks. Dante Culpepper in 02 had a terrible season. Ray Lewis in 05, not the best season by his standards. You either suffer from injury or you have a really bad season. What about, it's uh, one of the two. Go ahead. About, I think I know what you can say. What about Madden 12? Uh, was it Peyton Hillis? Peyton Hillis was the one-hit wonder. <laughs> he was the ultimate Madden curse victim until Madden 2019. Antonio Brown's on the cover. The game <laughs> ended his career. The curse is real. I rest my case. I don't want to old takes expose you. So I wouldn't say his career is over because he's trying to. He's yeah. he's going on his, his I'm sorry tour, trying to get back in the league. Yeah. Um. I mean, even you look at even uh, Patrick Mahomes. He was, didn't play a full season. He had a little bit of an ankle problem or a knee problem when he hyperextended it and he bent it back and he was back magically. Right. But he didn't even play a full season when he was on the cover. The only person that was not affected by the curse was when Barry Sanders was on the cover of Madden 25 because he was already retired. Okay. He could do nothing to him. Madden 17, Gronkowski's on the cover. What happened in 2017, Tyler? You he probably know not- this well. He did not play a full season. Yeah, he got hurt. I mean, I yeah, I, I think I pointed out. Yeah, he he beat the Falcons that year, but he definitely got hurt. He came back and I think I he, a, he tore it up in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard a Gronk stat this morning. He still got where, the dub. <laughs> I heard a Gronk stat this morning where Gronkowski has actually never played a full season since I believe his rookie year in 2011. All right, guys, I think that's enough here. Uh, again, I want to thank Tom Brady. Weird, weirdly enough, I'm thinking QB that's 33 and two against my uh, Buffalo Bills in his career. But I want to thank Tom Brady. I want to thank Rob Gronkowski, the Buccaneers, the NFL as a whole for giving us something to talk about. I feel like I got a lot off my chest here. I felt had some sports tension going on in my shoulders. Yeah, man. It's 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 a lot to weigh on us, and we had to talk about it. I'd like to do a special shout out to uh, Tyler's traumatic brain injury because uh, he thinks that the Falcons are going to trade up to two. So shout out to that. That was interesting to talk about. You know, I'll we'll t- we'll we'll be live chatting, you know, amongst ourselves, and we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, guys. So before we get out of here, we will be back post draft. Maybe you know, get a little way too early predictions on the division stuff like that. Talk more football. Um, before we sign off, Randy, let's give them uh, give. Where can they follow you on Instagram and give a uh, let's sign 
sign out, huh? You can follow me at Hey It's Randall, and that's Randall with one L. And uh, you know what? Draft, big, big day in sports. I'm always excited for it. And uh, just Packers, make the right decision. Stop drafting linemen. Just get us a receiver. Help out Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Tyler, keep dreaming, buddy. I hope uh, I hope the Falcons at least do something. But uh, I can't wait for it, man. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's a good good class for wide receiver. CD Lamb. Uh, there's a couple in Alabama, so it's a good wide receiver class. Uh, Tyler, let's give the world your IG and a, a closing thought here on the way out. All right, so you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, both at Tyler the Board Op. And my closing thought is: Listen. Tom Brady, I hate you, and as a Super Bowl 51 survivor, you are now in my division, so in the great words of Michael Scott, I am ready to get hurt again. Well, all right, Tyler, thanks for that. Uh, nice way to end it here. Um, but of course, guys, make sure you're following the main account, the Tailgater Sports account on Instagram. That's at Tailgater Sports. And if you want, you guys can follow me on Instagram at eSoundWave. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. You know, this was our first go at it, minus menace, without our, you know, our our big bird in a lot of ways. He's he's given us a little bit of a leash here talking sports. And I know Randy and Tyler are just, you know, itching to get as much content out. Randy, at least, he's a podcast king. Um, but we want to thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you for following. And I think, you know what? That's going to wrap it up for now until post-draft when we come back with a little bit more football talk for you. We want to thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, until next time, peace. Tailgater Sports.